Hello, and welcome to Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, covering political and social issues one liberty at a time, with entertaining insights of current events and important discussions on topics that affect us all, shining the torch of liberty and brightening the future by bringing libertarianism into our everyday life. And now, your host, the friendly neighborhood libertarian, Jason Lyon, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, on Muddied Waters Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. I am, of course, Mr. Mark of the Bearded Truth, Jason Line. Thank you guys all so much for being here and being a part of tonight. It is the first show of Muddy Waters Media in 2022. I didn't think this was going to be a thing, but it's a thing. It's totally a thing. How did this happen? Sorry, I fixed the the audio issue you guys were facing just now uh but we have we made it my flag's crooked no it is damn it damn it matt wright knows it knows the background and so does my guest for tonight i'm so excited i've got dan berman coming on tonight um we're gonna be talking a little bit about nuggets of knowledge of course we're talking about marijuana we're gonna be talking about decriminalizing it we are going to be fixing the nation on and working towards 50 states being decriminalized so it's going to be one hell of a show of course but but um yes we do have to do some house cleaning um i have been uh, potentially justly accused of killing betty white and um what a way for that to end 2021 uh may she rest in peace on new year's eve she just didn't want to make it into 2022 and we are having a great abundance of people upset over that one and rightfully so and if you guys missed the episode wherein i had matt wright on here you guys can go back to the last episode and uh we discussed her uh he probably remembers the exact timestamp because he likes sharing that out but my guest i just to plug him one more time he admitted to me before we hit live for the second time because muddy waters technical difficulties um that he may be the reason for bob saget so we'll get into that story and much much more here in a little bit but before we continue i gotta first say thank you to matt and spike for giving me a platform for giving me a opportunity here to talk about my opinions my views my stances and my thoughts on everything going on out there in the world and of course for bringing on amazing guests like what we do tonight um if you guys are hearing this or seeing this live i want to thank you whether you're on facebook youtube twitter twitch float or listen in on your favorite podcast app, wherever that may be. So thank you guys so much for that. And thank you for supporting us, commenting, liking each other's comments, showing support for one another, and making this one hell of a movement as we continue to grow. And if you would like to become a subscriber leaning into the community, you guys can always go over to anchor.fm slash muddywaters slash subscribe, where you, for the low, low price of just a couple lattes a month, can be helping out the team and helping grow and helping us push for more exclusive content where only you and not your friends who are cheap and don't want to give us your latte money um, will not be able to see great speeches, great um, uh, exclusive podcasts, whether it's the Muddied Murica or other shows. 
um, that will be exclusive only to those people subscribing to us. So make sure you guys get over to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters slash subscribe. And of course, if you want to let everyone know that taxation is theft or wear, wrap other amazing Muddy Water gear, you guys can head on over to muddywatersmedia.com slash store where you can be repping one of the greatest communities out there, of course, the Muddy Waters community. Get on over there, show some love, and show some support. And I want to say thank you to some of our wonderful sponsors here on the Muddy Mr. Merck of the Bearded Truth Show. First one, of course, is KelseyLionDesigns.com. If you guys go over to KelseyLionDesigns.com, you too can be connected to the wonderful, amazing Kelsey Lion. Um, while we may share a last name, a marriage, and a household, this is in no way nepotism. Um, Kelsey Lion Designs, she's fantastic when it comes to design solutions and strategies, which is why she has it there on her, on her uh, page thing. But... She could do it all. She does logos, brandings, business cards, publications. She does social media. She can help take your your business, your campaign, whatever it is that you're working on. She could take it to the next level. So make sure you guys head on over there to KelseyLionDesigns.com. Use the code MUDDYWATERS, and she will give you 10% off. Or... Mr. Jack Casey here in the comment section. The Royal Green series by Jack Casey. It's a story of authoritarians and revolutionaries, a young man and woman seeking independence and meaning in a kingdom on the brink of civil war. Romance, espionage, action, and psychological drama. Elements of horror and mystery, and spirituality as well. Dark fantasy with magical realism and libertarian overtones. Themes of forgiveness and redemption. Written by the author while undergoing his own journey to find liberty and answer deep questions in his mind. This right here is the Royal Green series. If you guys have not, if you guys have not gone over to the royalgreen.com, make sure you guys do so. Help a brother out. Jack Casey needs your love and affection. And regardless on what the other hosts are doing for Jack Casey, I will say that he is definitely a guy. Um, not specify whether he's a good or bad guy but he is a guy check out the books um show some love (laughs) i've got another one we don't have a promo picture for it yet but you're gonna want to use the code bearded or bearded truth and this of course i've got i've got the owner i've got the big man himself coming on here in a minute but of course if you guys go over to nugs of knowledge you guys use the code bearded or bearded truth your choice we'll be able to to get a tally to see who's liking which one more you'll be able to get 10 percent off uh getting your fix i believe that i will let him talk about all the things that you can get there of course I'll give you the website give everything out there but i wanted to give the quick plug now before he comes on but without further ado my amazing guest who i saw for the first time Back when I got to make fun of a later on presidential nominee for dodging questions, right along with the rest of the hosts here on Money Waters Media, um, Mr. Dan Berman himself. Dan, the taxation is Steph Berman coming on to talk tonight. I'm so excited. Dan, after after rambling for six hours now, it feels like I've got you on. How's it going tonight, man? 
uh, it's going pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, my dogs almost ripped the cables out of everything a couple seconds ago, but I think we're settled now. <laughs> that sounds like a muddied waters normal kind of thing. So that's it's good that yeah. the dogs didn't get there. Um, first of all, I butchered it. Let's let's just start off with nugs of knowledge. What is it? How does it work? What is the purpose? Right. And so, what is it for? So um, I do a lot of activism and. At one point when I was running for governor of Texas, I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if I could fund my entire campaign with drug money? Um, and so I was like, I'm going to start selling drugs, which I used to do, by the way. And um, just just weed, not the hard stuff. So and um, it, it, yeah, all right, de- debatable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those gray areas. Everyone has their own definition for different words. Yeah. Um, but um yeah, so uh, I started. I started the Nug of Knowledge, um, nugofknowledge.com, and we. So we wanted to make this as, as a source to you know to be your plug, but we also wanted to make it like a, a way to raise money for all of these things that you know we never have money for all these all these great activism projects. Um, so uh, it's a lot of we we call it diet weed because we wanted it to be legal in all fifty states. So we sell um, we sell hemp flour, which is which is legal under the, the, the farm bill. Um, and we also have Delta eight vape cartridges. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just really awesome, awesome stuff. I'm your, your little neighborhood nug dealer. And we also made this, you know, if you want to be a nug dealer, you can come and be a nug dealer too. It's kind of like Mary Kay, except with Mary J and like <laughs> anyone can come along and be an affiliate and sell to their friends, make a little money on the side. Um, and you know, help hook everybody up. And of course, a lot of people use this as medicine. Um, we've got uppers, downwards, downers, things that make you go sideways. And, and, uh, uh, I can't really tell you what they do because we're not allowed to, um, thanks to the credit card processor. We're not, we can't even say, yeah, this is great for aches and pains or joint stiffness, or it'll make you go asleep or anything like that. Um, because that's medical advice, even like something basic, like this is going to make you sleepy. Like you could probably say that on a candy bar, right? All this sugar is going to make you hyper and then you're going to burn out and crash. You can probably put that on a candy bar, but you can't say that about this. So, um, yeah. So what we say is we can't tell you what it does. You're going to have to try it out for yourself and see if you like it. Um, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Head over to nugofknowledge.com and, uh, and, and yeah, try it out. And then, like you said, there's a discount code. If you put in the code, when you check out, we, we were talking about this before, like, should we do beard or bearded, sorry, bearded or bearded truth? Cause I'm like, it, it's usually better to be something short and easy to remember, but it's like bearded was shorter, but then it's like, uh, it doesn't really stand on its own. So you pick which coupon you like, they're both 10% off. Um, anything you order, we ship to all 50 States and, um, and, um, yeah. Oh, and disclaimer, make sure you don't order anything that's illegal where you are. That's, that's on you. Yeah. Do your own research, but buy the mystery box and enjoy what what side effects you get from it. I can neither confirm nor deny the allegations. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm so excited. So we talked a little bit before, and we need to clear the air. Um, because I've been accosted on this network for killing Betty White. And Bob Saget, Bob Saget, I told you I'm not going to be able to talk today. Bob Saget was a childhood hero of mine uh, watching Full House. And and now we get to drag you through the mud. Uh, How dare you, first of all, and tell us the story of how you killed Bob Saget. So uh, first, I want to say I love 
Bob Saget and it was totally an accident. Um, but so um, a, a couple nights ago, I was at dinner and um, somebody was just like, you know, we're like, we're just like talking about old, you know, TV shows and actors and like all this stuff. And, and he, someone was trying to tell a story and they're like, and they're like, yeah, okay. You know, that show with the, the, the guy and blah, blah, blah. And, they, and everybody's like, who the hell are you talking about? Right. Totally vague hints. And then eventually we got, we got to Bob Saget. And then, and then he's like, yeah, yeah. The show that he was in and we're like full house. And he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he's like, he's like, what was his brother's name? And I'm like sitting there thinking like, is there another famous Saget? And then, and then like, I'm trying to guess like a, another Saget. And then like, finally somebody else like guessed it like Joey or uh, what's, what's the actor's name. And I'm like, Oh, you meant the actor's name. I thought you meant like his real brother, like yeah. his brother in the show. Like I'm, I'm totally clueless. I mean, I was, I had been drinking. I'm just going to say. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so we're just talking about him and he came up in conversation kind of out of nowhere. Right. Cause he's kind of like, yeah, he doesn't come up that often. Right. Um, but then, then so that was two nights ago then last night around midnight a friend of mine sent me this this um music video i think it was like little dicky with bob saget and like they're like going to the club like yeah let's do some coke and like you know it's like a little rap song um it, it was fucking amazing and and for for a lot of people don't know i think i think a lot of people still don't know that like bob saget used to do like some really raunchy yeah. stand-up like he's like it's like you know America's Funniest Home Videos. He he actually said in one of his standups one time he's like if I have to see one more fucking kid get kicked in the nuts by by baseball he's like you know he's he's talking shit about the shows that he's on because he's I guess that's his venting space right because he has to be like this lovable like father figure for that sh- you know, that show yeah. in the Full House oh yeah um yeah he's like he's he's fucking awesome um but he's still like respectful like i was watching i was i was looking through his tweets and he was just like hey i had a great show he did a show last night apparently yeah um i guess he died late in the late in the night or something last night or they found him this morning um but he's just like i love everybody that came out to be to do the show i think his show is called the no negativity tour or something like that um you know really really fucking awesome guy even though he you know he lays he lays the smack down on his jokes yeah, no, um, he he definitely had like that that um his comedic stand up was definitely not what you would expect considering seeing him on Full House and all those other things. And I think that right. that was the thing that like a lot of people respected him for was that he was at one point in time being a comedian meant pushing limits, pushing what was acceptable and he had plenty of jokes like that and we're seeing now i've already seen the comment in the comment section of of the aristocats joke this is a common joke where comedians are pushing the limit on what's acceptable and he definitely took it to a whole nother to a whole nother level that people were uncomfortable with and now people are going after him um what if first of all fantastic guy through and through well loved well respected and and you know a huge miss um so dan please stop killing off our great comedians i'm gonna i'm gonna try (laughs) new year new me i'm I'm gonna try (laughs) we started off the new year and you're you're no um hey i mean it's it's, that's that's the pot calling the kettle black over there betty white needed 
No, I can't even no. finish that. No, we can't no. even finish that. No, she didn't. She, she um, could have made it to a hundred. She could have. She could have. And you could have. You could have waited a couple weeks. What's interesting is if if you guys go to Muddy Waters Media on the Facebook page, uh, there's a a picture of somebody holding a magazine, a People's magazine, and it says Betty White turns a hundred. That magazine was. I took that picture first of all, but second of all, it was dated for today of January 10th. So this was pre-filed, pre-distributed for her turning 100. I'm just saying, People Magazine deserve more of the credit of killing her than I did, um, just for being preemptive in that way. So I, it's only one murderer here on this show. Is, right is that their alibi? We spent like a billion dollars producing these magazines. Why would we have done it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it, it might be sound for some people but <laughs> i don't know um so getting past the killing of celebrities i think that we it also i i think it it should be said that also uh that bob saget was also a, an advocate or a user of of many drugs in his time and so kind of the relevancy of bringing him to this conversation of tonight of talking about the war on drugs talking about criminal justice reform and of course talking about marijuana and and i could see him uh i believe that there was a quote of of him on a show or something of saying have you ever sucked dick for weed so yes in honor of bob saget (laughs) we could talk a little bit about the marijuana situation so for people who baked half baked that's what that was that's Half fake with oh. Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle was like, "I'm I'm addicted to weed. I'm here because I'm addicted to weed." You ever suck dick for weed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was that was classic. Oh, so bringing it full circle, how did marijuana? For somebody who this is their first time stumbling into a conversation around marijuana, where did this? come from because from my understanding when the federal government was enacted weed was legal because it wasn't there was no prohibition around it so there was some point in history when weed became illegal it became stigmatized by society and everything else could you give us a quick rundown of of how it started and bring us up to to today if you could yeah so i mean yeah, it was it was all legal. Um, a lot of people say the Constitution was written on hemp paper um, and hemp hemp and cannabis for let's, let's start there. Hemp and cannabis are basically the same plant. And actually, even even hemp is um, it, it's like the you know, they have the Latin names. It's it's still cannabis. It's in the cannabis family. Um, it's really just a matter of of how much the leaves grow THC, which is the psychoactive ingredient. So these plants are already the same, um, but hemp grows really fast. It's really great for paper. Um, and all these other things that they were already using it for. Um, and so it, it was very popular. Lots of farmers were making it. In fact, World War II, the, the government actually subsidized it because they were using it to make ropes and fab ropes for like, the, you know, those giant ropes that they're using for these like warships um, and, uh, and uh, the clothes for all the soldiers and like, you know, all these things. A lot of that stuff was all made from hemp. So this was all completely legal. Nobody even thought about making it illegal at that point. Um, and, and that's, that's a lot of drugs too, right? Um, you, you watch like some old Western movies and sometimes you'll see there's like an opium den. Everybody's like in there getting high on opium. It was legal. That wasn't, that wasn't a crime, um, back with prostitution too. That was, yeah, that was legal. Um, and then at some point somebody was like, oh, we need to put an end to this. And there's a lot of different theories because it happened in a lot of different ways in a lot of different times and places. Um, 
first of all, uh, there was, you said the word marijuana. Um, we usually hear that as like, that's like the official term we're supposed to use, but really it's not. Um, cannabis is probably more official because that's like, that's the, the Latin name. Mm-hmm. Hemp is what it was, beca- was called before it was ever called marijuana. And the reason they started calling it marijuana was because at some point someone was using a propaganda scheme to say like, oh, it's marijuana, which is a Mexican word for it. And all the Mexicans are using it and we don't want that stuff around here, right? So it, propaganda. Um, in, the, in the 20s and 30s, they came out with this, um, this movie called Reefer Madness, which I highly recommend. It's actually really fucking hilarious. Um, and they're, they're trying to make this point that, oh, my God, these people who, who smoke cannabis, oh, they go crazy. They turn into like sexual deviants and they run around raping each other and and, you know, stealing everything and killing people. And like, this is what it does to you. Um, and and, you know, totally not the case. But but this was propaganda that they come up with. Um, and there's there's some conspiracy theories out there. Um, and, and I'm sure a lot of it can be proven to some degree. Um, I, I can't really I can't really say for a fact, but um that uh, DuPont wanted to ban it because um, it's something about it. It was, it was being used. Uh, the chemicals were being used for paint. Um, the, the, it was great for making paper and DuPont is like this chemical company that wanted to make paints and paper and like all this other stuff um, with, with things that were harder to get a hold of. Right. Because if everybody can just grow hemp in their yard, well, then you have a supply and demand issue yep. and, and they don't have a monopoly. So when you have a big business, it's usually preferable to put, your competition out of business by saying, oh, there's something wrong with their product that, that you can't use it, right? Um, so so there's there's some theories on that. Um, and along those lines, a lot of people say like, like uh, I think they say Henry Ford's first car was made out of hemp um, and ran on hemp, hemp oil, um, which, you know, they, they say that now, but like today we're finding out it actually like they've made batteries out of hemp, which are like better than like all these lithium batteries. Wow. They've got hempcrete, which is like they, they make these concrete blocks out of it. And, and they say that when you build a house out of it, it actually helps to make the air cleaner because even though it's, it's dead and it's strong and like it's, it's fireproof. And you, you can find this all on YouTube. Like they've got video demonstrations of all this stuff. Um, it's really an amazing material. And it's like while it's in your house, it's actually helping to reduce the carbon dioxide, even though, even though it's a dead, like it, it's, not, it's no longer a living plant. It's still somehow doing that. That's um, so again, I'm not an expert on all that kind of stuff, but like, it's, it's really amazing what they're doing with this stuff. And then of course there's all the medical, um, you know, medical research that's going into it. Um, some of it's been kind of proven. Some of it's not been super proven and, and, and just kind of like, you know, a lot of people just go kind of like the, you know, the Chinese medicine kind of thing where it's like, yeah, yeah, take it. And it's good for this and that, but there's not, there's not a whole lot of proof. Um, but you know enough that like people try it and and you know what i like to say is hey the placebo effect is real if you if you take it and it's just the placebo effect and it works on you that's wonderful your yeah. problem is still gone right You're better off <laughs> so yeah. it worked um it, you know it's amazing um but yeah so that, so there's that and then um i'll go a little bit later from from cuz cuz that was like you know this is, we're talking about reefer madness that was in the 30s and then you know further along other things came along and they were trying to ban these things um around the 70s nixon was you know he's he had this whole war going in vietnam and and he had this really big problem all these anti-war hippie protesters were out there trying to say like oh war is murder and uh, you know bring home the troops and stop the war and all this kind of stuff um and well, you can't stop free speech, right? You can't lock people up for free speech because it's right there in the Constitution. So what did he do? He said, "Okay, we're going to wage a war on drugs." 
And um, I think, uh, I don't know if it was already illegal or not at that point, but uh, they definitely started like crazy, crazy, crazy enforcement yeah. because, you know, if there's a bunch of hippies out on the lawn smoking weed, you can't arrest them for saying stop the war, but you can arrest them for having the weed. And he's, there's actually, because he was the guy who had a tape recorder in his office and recorded like everything. There's recordings of him saying, yeah, we're going to lock up all those N-words. Um, and mm. it's it, like, it, it's, it's really crazy. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of people say that, that, that the entire system is racist, which this is, this is kind of, this part gets difficult, right? Because yeah. I will say there's definitely a lot of racism that played a part into this, but it's hard to say where it happened, right? Because it's possible the legislators passed the law because they were like, oh yeah, weed is bad. Maybe they believe the propaganda, you know, maybe they're just, you know, the good Christians who think like even alcohol should be banned and, you know, all this other stuff, whatever their reason, they might not have been racist, but when you, it, it's really like the sum of all these policies yeah. where you have like, yeah, maybe the law itself wasn't racist, but you have more police patrolling the black neighborhoods and maybe like an individual officer is racist and he's going to say, well, I'm just going to plant some drugs on you and arrest you just because I don't like you. And it's like, it, it's, you're giving them a new weapon. So to, to what degree is it factually racist? That's one of those things. It's, it's extremely difficult to prove because that, that basically requires proving motive. Um, it's one of the and, it's and one it's, of those difficult things because when we talk about this, this is why libertarians get turned off from so much of the public is because we don't have that quick slogan of the the system is racist, right? Or the system is just trying to right. maintain civility. It's like no, there's some nuance there. Is this in the best interest of people? No, it's not. And and here's why. And here's like a, a six paragraph long essay as to why. Right, this and nuance good. sucks. Yeah, oh, it doesn't sell. Is it inherently <laughs> racist? Well, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's difficult too it's because necessary. like the 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 problem is like and I think one of the reasons we're we're so obsessed with nuance is like the paradigm is it's racist or it's not racist which are both technically wrong or yep. not technically wrong but both partially right and it's like if you take either one of those sides you alienate the other you piss off the other side of the the audience yeah. and so of course libertarians are trying to say like no like you guys are both right um to a certain degree and there is a middle ground and we can we can fix this we can find a, a solution to it um and, but and uh yeah no you're you're absolutely right yeah for this example directly right some kid who was born let's say the same time i was some kid born in 1990 grows up and becomes a police officer and enforces these these the the war on drugs enforces uses civil asset forfeiture uses all these things and he is put into a minority community a community where there is a just by effect where he is disproportionately affecting people of color right that's not racist that he did all of those things it's just it happened to be the way that that was set up so we can't hold him accountable for the racist thing that's happening but what we can say is we can have that conversation of why are these these things happening why are they disproportionate why are you know yada 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 down the line and and having that as a conversation for people outside of the libertarian circles who don't really care about the truth, they would rather hear the platitudes, they'd rather hear the partisan lines. This isn't moving anywhere. So we have to be able to right. to, to narrow this down to a, a quick one-liner of, yes, it's not racist, and yes, it is. Um, I, right. We have to I, – I, I don't it's know both. how we do it. But yes – but we that's the thing about us right this is why we listen to podcasts this is why we we watch the youtube videos this is why we read the articles is because we care about the truth and so i want to thank everyone in the audience of course for 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 being a part of this um 
so yes it's racist yes it's not racist we we had nixon really fire up the the war on drugs um in order to as you said uh shut down people who were opposed to him you know you had the hippies that were anti-war um i believe that there was a couple other groups that he was concerned about uh if i remember correctly there was something with with the guns as well um there were some some um potentially people of color that had guns that were coming up against i i might be getting presidents mixed up and i apologize for this but right um it may have been also yeah no they definitely like the, the i mean everyone from the black panthers to martin luther king like th- there was definitely a i mean the the a court case finally ruled a couple of years ago that the fbi killed martin luther king oh yeah um it like and, and you know the, like the spying and everything was was kind of all public knowledge at least but but yeah it, it's like they've absolutely like government groups that are against the government the government has the power to do some really evil things against them and and uh you know it's it's like they say that it's it's um uh it's dangerous to be right when the government's wrong um it's yes. you know this these they, they have the power and they can really go to these levels to stop um opposition mm-hmm. um so so moving from there we've kind of come into the 21st century and we have a new take on, I would say, on cannabis nationwide. Um, we have this growing thing, and so I wanted, I wanted to, to to take a little bit of time in there because I know this is where your activism, this is where um, organizations, communities that you've built up around yourself and that you've connected with, um, you guys have made large strides in societal change, cultural changes, and of course, um, some legislative changes. Just you know, uh, through all these different efforts. And so we're sitting right now, we have 10 states that decriminalize. We're working, Illinois is looking at potentially being the 11th state. I don't even know how many states have medical currently. I know my state is way behind the ball. South Carolina, we are archaic as, as all get out. Um, so we are on neither of those categories. But we moved from the war on drugs to now we have some some cannabis being legal in different capacities. What were the big steps that were taken through that, and what are what are some of the things that you're you're doing in today's um, effects in order to continue uh, building on those successes? Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I wanna I wanna credit um, musicians and comedians and and actors and it, because like really I, I say this all the time: the government that we have is a reflection of the people, and you know, like. I'm sure there are plenty of politicians. Joe Biden, actually, I, I think is one who gets elected based on, oh, we're going to legalize cannabis. And it's pandering because he knows that's what the people want. And some of the some of the people who actually get elected based on that are people who actually believe in that. Um, so th- how did that happen, right? How did it become this thing where like everybody can be like so open about it? And a lot of that came, I think, from from media influence, which is, you know, not usually when you say media, you think of the news, but like uh, movies and and Hollywood comedians and actors and music and like all these other things that that kind of helped to normalize it. And once it kind of became normalized, um, I, I think that was a big driving factor. And I know there's plenty of other stuff, too. Right. There's there's the research that has been going into, like, figuring out, like, whether or not it's it's um uh uh, it's it's beneficial for for health 
Um, you know, and, and of course we started with the medical stuff. Um, but it's like, even then, mo there are very few, relatively very few people who understand the medical benefits of cannabis compared to the number of people who are just out there like, you know, yeah, let's blaze it up. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, that's the majority and they're, they're caving to that. And they did the same thing with alcohol. You know, they, they, they banned alcohol. They had this whole prohibition error and everybody was like, fuck that. We're going to keep drinking it anyways. And so eventually, you know, they didn't have to repeal prohibition. They could have kept throwing people in prison, but there was just too many of them. And they were like, yeah, this is like, we, we could just stop enforcing it, but let's just get rid of the law. And I'm sure it was the same thing. You had politicians who were like, yeah, this doesn't work. We're going to repeal these laws. And like, a lot of people were like, yeah, we're going to vote for that. Um, you know, same kind of thing. Like when people want something, there are always politicians who are going to pander to win on that. And there are other politicians who are, who are going to be genuine about it. Um, they're going to get elected because of that and they're going to actually change things. So I, I think that's really, that's really been a, a huge driving factor. A, a big um, example of that, um, just in that kind of bringing it back a little bit of a, of a circle here is that, uh, the anti-war stance, Right. Nixon was going after people for being anti-war, but when we had George W. Bush, George W. Bush was like, we're not going to go to war. We had Obama was like, we're going to get out of this war. We had Trump come in and he was like, we're going to get out of this war. We had Joe Biden who was senile. I don't even know. I think he said he was, we're going to stay in these, in all these wars. I think he said a couple times that we we're going to pull out, but he actually pulled out in the most catastrophic way possible. But that one singular stance of we're going to make it better by pulling us out. They are influence as government actors in this specific category in this specific area is not been beneficial. So we're going to pull out of this. It has been something that, you know, as you, you uh, correctly described it as they're going to sell that to a base. They're going to get people excited about it. And then sometimes they're genuine with it. Sometimes they're like, I got, I, I got elected. I got reelected. I'm still in office, you know? Um, so these, these things are happening with, with war. These things are happening with education right now. School choice is a big conversation nationwide. Um, this is happening with the war on drugs, whether this is, you know, cannabis as the conversation kind of, we're, we're kind of focused around tonight, or if it's just around other, um, kind of still more in the Overton window of what's acceptable, um, you know, we are seeing some more legislators come out, you know, uh, mushrooms is, is coming out there and, and a couple other things are more natural. Um, so we're seeing this on, on so many different fronts and it's important that when we find good people that, uh, I don't want to say that are genuine because it's, it's hard for us to be able to tell that, but if, if they actually seem genuine and I think that Dan, you are certainly one of those genuine people that you, you put your money where your mouth is. You put this on in, in the forefront. So when you run for office, we know that, you know, Dan Berman is going to be out here and he's going to be fighting the good fight in and out of the office. Um, so I want to make sure that we support you anytime that you take one of those endeavors up because it's a huge ask. Um, but we ha we as constituents, we as society, we as activists, as as whoever we are, whatever we are, need to be able to, to find those those good good politicians that are going to find the good fight for us through and through. Yeah. Yeah. No, and you're right. It is, it is really difficult. Um, I, I, as much as I hate to admit this, I voted for Obama once, um, once, um, <laughs> you learned your lesson, but yeah, it, it was. And, and it was just because of what you said. Like I, like I was getting sick of, of this war. Um, like I kind of, like, I remember like when nine 11 happened, I was really pissed off and I was like, 
man, I'm going to post on MySpace for Bin Laden to come fight me and I'm going to fucking challenge him to a boxing match and I'm going to beat the shit out of him, right? I was like that. Um, but um, 9-11 turned but then, into like, a neocon. Everyone into a neocon. Yeah, but then, like, but then like a couple months later, like when I started seeing, oh, we're invading Afghanistan and then like I noticed on the map, oh, it's right next to Iraq and like Bush was in Iraq and I was like, uh, how long until they start going into Iraq to like finish his father's legacy? And, and like, you know, that happened, like, I don't know how many months later. Um, and, uh, and, and that's kind of when I started realizing, oh my God, they're just like, they're just like stealing oil. And I started getting into like all, all that kind of realization. And then I was like, yeah, this needs to stop. And so a couple of years later, I'm like, yeah, end the war. And then a couple of years after that, Obama, oh, end the war. Yeah, this is great. And, and I was totally in the mentality, oh, yeah, because Republicans are war, war hawks and Democrats are anti-war. So, so I'm going to vote for the Democrat, right? And yeah, I, I believed all the bullshit. And I was, I was, that was the first time I voted. I was like maybe, I don't know, 19, 20, something like that. Um, and, and absolutely naive. And it's amazing that this is like, if you look at like how this happens, you see the same thing. It cycles through every year. Like the the uh, like I, I don't want to say the majority, but a large number of people who are voting are voting for the first time. They're completely uninformed. They're believing the propaganda. They're believing you know all this all this political bullshit. Um, they vote, and then a couple of years later, they realize, wow, that guy was full of shit. And then the next election, you know, there's a lot of people who start dropping out, and that's why you have this thing where like by the time people get to like thirty or forty, they're burned out, and they're like, this is a waste of time. I'm not even going to vote. Um, like it doesn't just come from, from nowhere. Right. It's not like, it's not like kids are just growing up and yeah, politics are stupid. I'm not going to vote. Um, it's like, no, a lot of people try voting and then they're just like, this isn't working. Like this isn't for me. And they get burned out and, and say, screw that. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important, uh, story to, to take, um, especially for anybody who's, um, whether you're a libertarian or you're like, uh, um, Andrew Yang trying to, you know, do the, the whole, um, forward party thing where like, you're trying to get people to vote for something else like you really have to understand the the strategy of the machine that you're up against because i see i mean i don't even think andrew yang gets it i i definitely don't think the libertarian party gets it um and it's like if if you're just like oh yeah we're gonna run a campaign and knock on some doors and and fight for ballot access like that's that's not a winning strategy that's just that's just spinning your wheels yeah um you you really need to understand what the strategy is and and put something in place against it that can really be effective man i i yes that's that's spinning your wheels that is the libertarian party i think that that's that's what we are we're gonna argue with yeah. each other minarchists versus anarchists and and everything else and we're gonna spin our wheels for, for forever so I, I i derailed us i think um because we started talking about how we got to i'm glad the... you did it not me <laughs> no it's always me um <laughs> so you were talking and you were giving credit to the media and everything else on on moving us forward on making uh cannabis more socially acceptable um right and which by the way let's uh, sorry to derail again but let's bring that back to bob saget right because yeah. that i mean that was a huge movie for me. Like that was like, um, that was kind of like when I was going through the phase of like, like, I, I think I was smoking weed for the first time. And I was like, wow, this, this is nothing like what the dare officers came and told me it was like, and like, this is, this is fun and enjoyable. It's not dangerous. I'm not putting anybody at risk. And like, this is all bullshit. And then like, and then half baked came out and all these movies were like, people are just sitting around getting stoned and doing stupid stuff. And it's like, yeah, haha, that's funny humor. Um, and, and, you know, Bob Saget saying nobody's ever sucked dick for weed. 
like it's really driving that point home like this is this is not as bad as like the government saying it is yeah um but yeah sorry to no to, sorry it, to interrupt to, to, <laughs> to continue your interruption on that but this is this it's such a good point there because this is why people view cannabis as a gateway drug is because when you see the propaganda that comes out and you go marijuana really wasn't all that it was hyped up to be in those negative ways how bad is everything else so it's it's i am a hundred percent right i am i am that radical i'm that extremist that i say you know every single drug everything out there whatever you want to put in your body you you do it on your own um i i don't want any loss surrounding this but when you have somebody who will do cannabis and then they go this really wasn't that bad and then they go and shoot up black tar heroin the next day because they're like this clearly isn't going to be as bad and they end up dead it's just like maybe just maybe it's not the gateway drug maybe it's just the propaganda that's really is the problem there and i think that that's that's one of the things that we need to we need to be doing a, a better job of of pushing that messaging out there of it's just the propaganda it's not really the weed itself that is the gateway drug and i think that that's one of the fronts that has allowed for the 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 legalization the decriminalization the all the different ways of of making it to where people are more accessible for uh cannabis is because we've been able to fight against those stigmas and the propaganda yeah um yeah and i mean now that you're talking about hard drugs i'm just like i'm i'm having flashbacks i don't want to take up the whole show talking about it but about how um you know the cia was effectively bringing in all the cocaine in the 80s yeah. um they you know they turned it into crack and gave it to the inner cities got everybody hooked um and and you know it and and this is like a lot of people say that's a conspiracy theory no this is this is public knowledge there were congressional hearings about it um you can go look up oliver north um you can go look up the iran contra and how they how they were funding this with illegal money um uh go watch a movie uh with with Tom Cruise, which I thought was an awesome movie just because I love those types of movies, but uh, it was called American made. Um, And it's, it's a true story. Um, And, and it's, it really shows you how the thing kind of works. And I know like, even when it's a movie, you walk away and it's like, yeah, but that was probably exaggerated also, but it's like, it's real. This was the government doing it. Um, And it's like, how could they be telling us, you know, you can't do drugs while at the same time they're selling it to us. Um, But, but also to your point about the hard drugs, you're, you're absolutely right. And, I think like what was really good for me was when I started smoking weed, I had a good friend who was like really into like all the research. He's like, he's like, Oh my God. Yeah. The, the plants it has all these. And I was just like, I don't care. Oh, good. Yeah. It's healthy. Yeah. Great. I, I just want to get high. Um, but he was like, he was like comparing like cocaine and like, and like heroin and all this, And he's like, yeah, these ones actually are really bad. And he's like, he's studying on them. Right. Um, like bookworm, but you're, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, there is that degree of like, well, if they lied to us about this, what else are they lying to us about? And, and that makes it that makes it really difficult. Um, but at the same time, you know, I advocate for legalization or decriminalization of everything. And, you know, people come to me and they're like, they're like, why? You want people shooting up heroin? And I said, no, I don't want people shooting up heroin. But if they are shooting up heroin, I don't think throwing them in prison, giving them a felony charge and destroying their life and preventing them from ever getting a job is going to help them get their shit back together. Yeah absolutely not um and so you know that's that's where that's and for a lot of people too it's a phase i mean um i don't smoke weed anywhere near as much as i used to in fact i have to like keep reminding myself to smoke it to like you know chill out and calm down 
um, and, and relax because I, I get kind of high strung lately. Um, but it's like, but it's like, I'm not a habitual user. And I used to be, I used to smoke every single day. Yeah. It, that was a phase. And, and it's a phase for a lot of people. I know so many people who used to do so many more. I used to do cocaine and ecstasy and like all kinds of other cool stuff. Um, but like for short periods and like, now I'm like, I'm not even like, Oh, what are we going to do? Let's go out and just now I'm like, nah, it's, I don't feel like going out and doing that shit. Um, and it's like, it's experimenting and like, yeah, th- like even ecstasy. Yeah. That's, that's pretty dangerous. If you get into, if you start doing it with extended use and everything, but experimenting with it just a little bit, just to try it out. And like, there's, there's really nothing wrong with that. And, and I think th- like, that's a perfect example of a gateway drug because, that's one of those things where like you try it once and like, yeah, see, that wasn't that bad. They were lying to me about this too. And yeah. then it's like, oh, but if you use it a bunch of times, then it's going to turn really bad. And it's like, yeah, you're full of shit. You said the same thing about weed. Like I, I can totally see that, that path happening with something like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it, it really is, you know, let's, let's blame the propaganda for a lot of this. It's a, um, it's a struggle there. got to get rid of the laws. What you, you know, you were talking about it more with the, with the hard drugs, but even with the, with, with cannabis, right? We run into people all the time that are completely opposed to cannabis and through and through. And they're like, you just want everyone to smoke cannabis. And it's like, no, like, as you said, right. Well, you'd be less of an asshole if you did, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but you know, we don't, we of course don't want people thrown in cages for this, but rather than treating it like a criminal issue, if somebody was somehow magically addicted, and of course we know that it can't for the actual, um cannabis portion of it can't be maybe addicted to the habit but that's a whole different thing but you know if somebody was to be addicted to marijuana or cannabis or whatever drug it is right you want them to not be able to be ashamed of it you want them to be able to seek help and you can't do that if it's a criminal thing right you don't want them to lose their job their families and everything else because they have a problem right most people that are into to some of these other drugs right um heroin right is is you know people who are um in uh painful circumstances where they can no longer get health care they they turn to street drugs and so it's like yeah we want them to be able to get help because they didn't necessarily want to be on these drugs they didn't want to be to build these addictions so we want to give them a pathway of, of getting help of getting what they need. And you can't do that if they have to look over their shoulder to see if an officer is following them every every five feet. Rather, we want to give them those opportunities to reach out to the family members, to reach out to others in their community. And we can't do that as long as these are illegal. Well, this is this is a really good um there's a really good point to be made there too about um legal prescription drugs, right? Or or like I mean they're still considered controlled substances, but um not a lot of people know how hard the DEA actually comes down on legal distribution of these drugs. Um, and there was a, you know, this, the, the, like doctors are basically afraid to prescribe medication, right? Because what happens is let's say, let's say you come in there um, and you're like, I'm in pain. I have a lot of pain. What can you give me? And they're like, well, I can give you some of these painkillers, but it's a controlled substance. I can't give you a whole lot of them. Right. Some people might take it. It's enough. That's great. Um, some people might try to abuse the system and be like, hey, these are fun. Let me get some more. 
But then you have other people who legitimately, I need some more. Like I took, I took everything you gave me. I haven't been selling them to my friends. I took them. I need more. It's the, the pain is unbearable. I can't function. And the doctors are basically afraid because I can't give you more. Not because there's a limit, but because there's a law about overprescribing. Yes. And this was actually the DEA came in and prosecuted this doctor. Um, or they tried to prosecute this doctor. They tried to prosecute this doctor for over-medication. They said he prescribed too much of this medication to somebody for, for their pain. And they lost the case. But by the time this guy got his, got, you know, got his innocence back, he had already had his business shut down. It was you know, a year or two of trial. His reputation was shot because it was all over the news and everybody's saying, oh, this evil guy. He couldn't start his business back up. They destroyed him. He, he lost all of his money. He's broke. He can't go into business. They took that all away from him over nothing. They didn't even get a conviction. And because of that, and, and, and this is the thing too, you know, oh, I overprescribed. Well, I gave him, you know, what, 10 pills for the week. Is that too many? Is there a number that I went over? No, there's no number that you went over. So any of these other doctors, when you come in asking for pain meds, they're like, well, should I give him 10? He, he wants 20. I don't know. It's not over the limit, but am I risking the DEA yeah. coming in here? And so they're going to play it safe at your expense. And so what, what's actually happening because of this, to, you know, because you have a couple people who are going to abuse the system and, and abuse those, those drugs. Instead, you have even more people who are like, this pain medication is not working. They go to the pharmacy, they get the strongest over-the-counter stuff they can get, and they end up ODing on it. They, they take more of it, they take more of it, they get an ulcer, they bleed to death. And this is this is what's happening. And, and and this is, you know, totally not related to cannabis, but this is all part of like this, this, you know, the, the DEA enforcement and, and the way that they're criminalizing people for trying to, to medicate themselves. And, you know, I've, I'm going through this right now with with COVID. I had COVID a month ago, my wife had COVID, we're going to all these doctors, we're trying to get we have long COVID right now. Um, there's There's like all this shit that we're going to all these doctors and none of them know what the hell they're talking about. None of them, like we tell them, you know, all these symptoms and, and all these, all these things that we were able to determine from all the doctors we've talked to. And every single one of them, you know, you go to a new doctor. Cause like my, my wife's in Texas right now, she had to go to a different doctor. They came up with a completely different diagnosis and like, Oh, it's this and this. And it, it's not a, it's not a science. We have to be smart enough to try to understand ourselves and, and, you know, take doctor's advice. Yes. Take their knowledge for what it's worth. Get a second, third, fourth, fifth, 10th opinion. And they're all going to be different and do, you need to try to do what's best for yourself, but they're taking that away from you because there's certain drugs you can't use without a doctor's prescription. Um, and some, you just can't use at all. Um, and, and it's like, and I know people who have used cannabis to get off of, um, to get off of heroin. I know people have gotten on heroin because they're, they're veterans and the VA is not giving them anything that they need. Yep. Um, it, it, like this is all, these are all like side effects of, of this, you know, this, this massive system that they have um, to, to control drugs. And it's like, and, and, you know, and, and at this point um, you know, we talked, we talked about some of the causes and like where this started at this point, it's a lot of pharmaceutical companies that are pushing it. I mean, there's a, there's a drug that's been around um, called, uh, uh, shit. I used to know what it was called. Um, and it's like, it looks like a little eyeball, right? It's a little white pill with a little black dot on it and it's THC, but it's synthetic THC. And my, my friend's mom who had cancer, I remember her showing me those pills and she's like, yeah, you want to try one? She was taking those for her cancer 
and this had to be like 20 years ago now and this was legal but, because but the doctor prescribed actual it. yeah yeah well, because there's some pharmaceutical company making and they were probably like ten thousand bucks a pill or something like that yep and it's like and it's like she could have grown that cannabis in her backyard for the same cost of whatever it costs to grow tomatoes and and but yeah but the big pharmaceutical company wouldn't have made any money there's there's so much corruption and and i think you know as you're you're describing all this right you're you're talking about like the system and i think that it shows like our healthcare system our pharmaceutical system our 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 mental health concern in this country our our physical health concern in this country are all just incredibly broken um it's a big gangbang and we're all getting fucked yeah no, it, that, I mean, it, yes, yes, <laughs> that's exactly it. Uh, it's terrible. Um, I, I, I don't even know where to begin on on how we fix this. I think that you know through multiple episodes, and and of course, I'm, I'm going to have to invite you on for continuing this discussion on every aspect of this. But I want to, I want to go to what. As as we get close to to wrapping up the show, I want to know what is Dan Berman doing right now? What communities are you helping build? Um, what are what can we see you grow outside of THC uh, from Nugs of Knowledge? Um, <laughs> Pun intended. What are so, what are all the things that you're doing? What are you involved with? And yeah, websites. L- let me say this. Um, let me start with websites because I know I'm going to forget them. No, let me finish with websites. Just remember to remind me. Um, <laughs> So, okay, to, to your point, right, this is a very complicated issue. And, and as we said before, right, it's easier to just say, oh, it's racist, and that catches on because it's small and simple. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm trying to stick with the idea of, you know, what we talked about, culture change, right? We have to create the culture change. And, um, and I, I want to take that a little bit further. And so um, I created an organization called Legalize Happiness. Um, and what this organization does is it's the same thing. We're, we're going to use, um, media, social media. Um, we're, we're going to try to get as many, um, celebrities we can and inject this into like the mainstream conversation. The idea that it doesn't matter if you can put taxes on it. In fact, you shouldn't put taxes on it. And I'll, I'll explain why it doesn't matter if there's any medicinal value to it. It shouldn't matter if somebody just wants to get high. It is a human right. It is a constitutionally protected human right. It's declared in the Declaration of Independence, the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And these these statements have gone to the Supreme Court um, in terms of um, in terms of contraceptives, in terms of um, in terms of interracial marriage, um, which the government banned at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, these things have gone to the Supreme Court and they said, yeah, man has a right to pursue happiness however he wants to, as long as it's not infringing on other people's rights. And so consuming cannabis does not interfere with anybody else's rights. And in the Constitution, we have the Ninth Amendment that says, because everybody's like, well, where is that in the Constitution that says you can smoke weed? It's the Ninth Amendment. It says we laid out a bunch of rights here in the Bill of Rights, but we can't name them all. And because of that, we understand there are unalienable rights that cannot be taken away and we can't list them out. But those are still to be protected as if they're constitutional rights. That's what it says in the Ninth Amendment. Yep. Um, so we need to realize that that Ninth Amendment is protecting our right to pursue happiness and pursuing happiness, whether it's cannabis, whether it's whether it's heroin or something bad. Uh, yeah, it's probably not going to be very uh, effective at, at giving you that happiness, but 
that's your right to go down whatever path you choose. It is your life, not the government's right, not the government's life. You're not government property. You own your own body. And so this entire organization is based around changing the narrative of, uh, oh, and, and I also want to say the Supreme Court has ruled rights cannot be taxed. Rights cannot be converted into privileged in, into privileges and charged a tax for the exercise thereof, which basically means if it's a right, you can't charge a tax on it. You can't charge a tax on drinking water. You can't charge a tax on eating food or breathing air, um, even though they're trying really hard. This is a right. And so forget about raising taxes on it. Uh, forget about trying to prove that it's got medical value, which you can't even do because they're, they're, they've effectively made it illegal to, re to do the research. Yeah. Um, forget about all that. It's a human right. And once a, a, a huge majority of Americans understand that it's a human, human right, that's where we're going to start seeing real change. And this is a message that I know, you know, because the, the left is usually already on board with, with cannabis, right? And, and rights, we have these rights. Um, the, the right is usually, is, is, I don't want to say they're all against cannabis, but there's a, there's a huge part of the right that's against cannabis. But when you put it in perspective of this is a constitutional right, they really do like constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. And so when you frame it like that, and you have the left and the right coming together. First of all, this is the unity that everybody's been talking about, except this is, this is not the unity by throwing bricks at each other. This is like, hey, we can agree on something. This, this is something that both the left and the right can agree on. It's a human right. It should be a protected right. The government shouldn't be screwing with us on this. Um, so so uh, that, that's called Legalized Happiness. You can find out more about it at legalizedhappiness.org. Um, right now, we're recruiting um, ambassadors for every major city across the U.S., um, basically, we're looking for more people to help us um, to start organizing grassroots uh, communities there um, to help uh, distribute information, to help organize rallies um, and all that sort of thing and really start uh, bringing light to this information. Um, but um, yeah, this is this is really where it starts. And we have a lot of plans where we're going to take it from here. Um, but but yeah, this is that's the simplest form of it. We have to understand that it's a human right. And once everybody understands that things are really going to change. Oof. the human right see we were we were arguing over these nuances or we were talking about the nuances cannabis is a human right boom there we go like do there's you, not much do you really, to that right do you want to fight against the human rights like what's up it's, i love it right <laughs> i love it I've, i'm sold i so i will have all these websites of course in the show notes later um so legalize happiness nugs of knowledge what other? Where yep. else can we find Dan the tax oh, man. man? I'm just kidding. I'm all over taxation the place. theft Berman. Ta the the <laughs> anti tax man. Yeah, taxationstheft.info. Um, I'm actually I'm doing my best to try to get a lot of people to stop paying income tax. I'm not paying income tax. I haven't paid it. I haven't paid any in like five years. In fact, I finally filed my 2017 return and got a 100% refund with interest. If you can believe that. Um, wow. And, and I've been trying to do this for the last 20 years. I failed miserably the first time, but I learned a lot along the way and I finally got it right. Or at least I work with some people who helped me to get it right now. Um, but the truth is there is no law that says the average American has to pay income tax. Um, and it's, it's, basically a, uh, it's, it's basically a swindle. Everybody's being tricked into paying a tax they don't have to pay through fear and propaganda. Um, and the reality is, you know, everybody's afraid of the IRS, but there are legal ways to stop paying um, and, and the IRS, like as they did with me, sending me a hundred percent refund with interest, the IRS is basically agreeing. Okay, yeah, you win. 
you don't have to pay the tax. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, and, and, you know, you don't have to have your money withheld. It's a really interesting story. I'm not going to get too much into it there, but uh, there's a lot more info about that at taxationstuff.info. But of course, a lot of the stuff there is really just selling a bunch of cool stuff like these hats that say taxation stuff all over. <laughs> I know I've seen, I've seen Matt Wright wear your hat. Um, I've seen the Spike Cone wear your hat. I've seen, of course, plaster across Muddy Waters Media, we've seen it. And of course, we've seen all of um, so many amazing activists across this country wearing that wonderful taxation and stuff i don't know i might have it on a shirt next to me but it's not not one of your cool hats um you, I'll, I'll send you one i send, send me your info after the show i'll, I'll send you I love it i will definitely do that yeah. uh that'll be whatever show is following that i get it i will be repping and rocking your hat that's a that's amazing Anywhere else? Where can we follow your social medias? Oh where man, can we find. We get, <laughs> I want to know. Everywhere. I've got like fifty websites. I'm not going to list them all, but um, there's uh, danforfreedom.com. That's the site I was using for my campaign, um, and that links to my Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter is where I'm usually at. Um, I, I kind of got off of Facebook because they are absolute trash. In fact. While you were starting up the intro of the show, I was over there trying to share it and and like it's letting me share, but there's no button to press to like like I typed my 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 text and I'm like share and like wait, where's the button? It's gone. Oh. Um and, and and like that's been there for like a month. So I just haven't been using Facebook. It's total trash. I, I mean, aside it. from the fact that like they've they've been trash for a million different reasons. But as a programmer, I'm offended at the quality of their actual application. Um uh yeah so i'm I'm usually on twitter and i know there's there's no perfect system um but uh but yeah if you want to interact with me there um send me a message send me a tweet whatever so your twitter um, handle is dan or at dan for texas yes everyone get on over there give this man a follow he uh is roughly i'm gonna reuse my joke and i don't care he is roughly nine hundred ninety one thousand uh followers away from a million and <laughs> let's get him help let's me find my friends yeah let's <laughs> let's get him over a million all right let's just let's just do this together um dan it's been one hell of a night with you man i appreciate it you're you're breaking open the new year for muddy waters media uh first show of the new year i i know that you ended last for year me too this is amazing <laughs> you ended last year with covid you and your wife had covid um you gotta bid betty white adieu um and then you start off the new year with killing bob saget i tell me where does it go from here just the last (laughs) the last prediction from dan berman what what big things are happening this year in 2022 before we bid adieu oh man um Oh, I don't, I, I don't know where to go. For, I don't know where to go with that. There's so many different ways. And I'm just like, no, that's, that's evil. I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that we both are on the same wavelength. Uh... <laughs> um, I definitely, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of cool projects that I'm working on that, um, you know, they're going to start to manifest and we're going to see some really amazing things um, and, and hopefully inspire a lot of activists to get involved um, with these things. And, and, Hopefully, ultimately, because I know like I've had my differences with the Libertarian Party about their strategy, um, like we talked about, um, hopefully, I'll be able to use the success from what I'm doing to inspire more people to adopt that strategy 
and start using that more because I know there's there's so many activists out there, but they're using the strategies that don't work. And if 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 we put that much energy into a strategy that worked effectively, like we'd be unstoppable. So yeah, that's that's hopefully what we'll start shifting towards this year. Yeah, I I, I on that note, real quick, I feel like oftentimes the Libertarian Party and many Libertarians within it are standing in a field, jumping up and down, shoving a, a shovel into the ground, and saying, "I'm doing something." Why are we not being successful? Um, but with a good plan and with good activism, you can do a lot more with a lot less effort. And and so, you know, off of your successes and the successes of others, I hope that we will start paying attention to those and, and continue building on those. Um, but with that, I, I want to say thank you again for, for coming on here, guys, uh, or coming on here, Dan. And, and for all of you in the audience, uh, it's it appears that Dan and his wife spread the COVID to the rest of the Muddy Waters team. So this may very well be the only show this week. <coughs> oh god, now I'm gonna get it too. Um but this may be the only show this week uh on Muddy Waters Media. So starting off on a coffee uh beginning of the year, but an amazing time with you, Dan. I appreciate it so much. Um you guys Make sure you guys check out the links on the show notes on Muddy Waters Media where you can find this and every other episode of on Muddy Waters Media so you guys can tune in and follow Dan Berman everywhere that he goes and continue to build on these successes. And with that, I hope you guys all have a great night. I will see you guys next week. I will have on uh, Mr. David Fight from Fight for Liberty. It's going to be a fantastic show, fantastic time. Stay tuned. Love you guys all. Be well. Don't catch the COVID. Stay away from Dan Berman uh, before he spreads it to you. And uh, hopefully you guys all had a wonderful new year. See you guys soon.